Welcome you all. I am Baron Baptiste. Welcome to Disrupting the Drift. We are here interrupting, disrupting those old patterns of thinking, being, acting. Yeah, those old habits, habitual patterns that undermine, that sabotage, that pull the carpet out from underneath you. And it's really our joy to get to share. And uh, I get so much from these conversations. So I'm grateful for the opportunity uh, to get to be here with you. Please share the show and pay it forward as a way of keeping spreading the love, the insight, the whatever you get from here that's positive. Sharing it, paying it forward is good for you. And it supports us over here in what we're up to. Really, we operate off of word of mouth. So thank you. Also, check out baronbaptiste.com for free meditations. Uh, check out Momentum Nation at baronbaptiste.com. Momentum Nation is a monthly membership. Fantastic content on personal growth, personal development, leadership development that supports you in what you're up to in your everyday life and all areas of your life. Also great uh, Baptist power yoga practices on there and meditation practices to develop just a general skillfulness and mindset to empower you as a leader and your ability to lead your life. Because as we know, it all starts right here with you. All right, let's get right into the show. Here are the five qualities that you need to come out of this difficult time in life. Not only come out of it on the other side of it, but actually as you're going through it, any challenges, any opposition, any struggle to flourish and prosper as you're going through it. These five qualities, if you take them on, practice them daily, fully, not perfectly, but take them on and do them in the best way you can. I promise you that you will prosper, you'll flourish, you'll come out of any challenge being able to handle anything that life throws at you. It's good to remember that too, that you know, God will not throw anything you cannot handle your way. The first quality of leading yourself is knowing that help is not on the way. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't ask for help or support, I'm not saying that. But to know as a quality of mind to have in the background, help is not on the way. If you're not doing something for yourself, in fact, if you're doing things that are actually letting you slip into a comfort zone, into getting kind of mentally, physically soft or weaker, if you're doing things that undercut your confidence, you know, like not doing what you say you're going to do, not showing up. And doing the things each day that allow you to get the results you want, but knowing that it's on you. Help is not on the way, and no one owes us anything. I think a lot of people, including myself for a lot of years, I had in the background that, well, help's on the way. It's a child's way of living life. And no matter how hard things get, you need to know that no one's going to come and save you or rescue you. The government isn't. A parent isn't. It's not responsibility of friends to do that. It's almost like an entitled expectation we can put on other people in our life to rescue us, to save us. But that's really like a victim's mentality. And it ends up leaving us weak because at the end of the day, no one can do for you and move you in the direction that you want to move into in your life. 
You can be surrounded with people that love you, care about you, want the best for you, giving you good advice. Look, you know what to do. And to follow the higher calling of your conscience, to follow that, consider is the way to live from uh, a higher purpose. Help's not on the way, and it's good to know that. The second quality of leading yourself is seek authentic guidance. It's guidance that you relate to at the level of your conscience, your inner knowing. It's guidance that rings true for you, that it fits for you. So you find mentors, you find a community, someone who has really lived it and done it. You want guidance that rings true for you and that can actually elevate you and propel you forward. I remember when I was in my early 20s, I felt very lost. I had just moved to Los Angeles from San Francisco. I was going to college. felt completely lost, without purpose. I remember seeking, though. I was like spiritually on some kind of like mission or some kind of journey to discover what's next. I grew up with yoga, meditation, you know, a lot of uh, Eastern teachings of philosophy, but it was all kind of failing me. Yoga wasn't working anymore. It wasn't fulfilling. It, it was healthy. It was a fitness and health practice. It was good for my body, mind, and stress levels, but I knew I needed something more, and I discovered a teacher at the time who it just spoke common sense. It was just common sense. Uh, I think he even called it like common sense Christianity, but it was more of like the mystical, it wasn't so religious, but it, it just spoke to me in such practical ways of living my life. And then he talked about meditation. And at that point, I was, had been kind of resigned and cynical about meditation. I, I still knew the benefits of it, but he taught meditation in a way that I'd never practiced before. And, and he really was like, you just sit still and watch. He's like, Baron, you just sit still and watch your undisciplined mind and hand yourself over. Just give yourself over to your spiritual father, your creator. So there's a kind of surrender and a presencing, a physical presencing into the physical universe. Seeking out that mentoring for me put me on a path of like where I could deal with reality in my life. And I remember with the same mentor, I said to him, I'm totally lost. And he said, well, two things. He said, you're not committed to any kind of real practice, a discipline. And then he said, also, you don't have love. I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't have love. And he's like, yeah, love is born out of purpose. And I had never heard it like that before. At a point in my life where I was really stuck, I was trapped. I didn't know the way out of the trap, the trap of my own mind. That mentoring was so practical. It gave me and access to a new way, but it rang true for me. The third quality of leading yourself is your ability to conquer the enemy within. What do I mean by that? Well, I know for myself when I wake up in the morning, right there when I wake up, there's a voice, a voice in my head. You have one too. And that voice can be a source of negativity. I like to also call it the voice of doubt. It's a whispering into your head. You may be saying, Baron, what voice are you talking about? I don't have a voice in my head. Well, that voice right there, the one that's telling you you don't have a voice in your head, it's, that's the voice. It's like right here for all of us. 
And as you're living through your day, it's like this voice is in the head, but you also notice there's a, a voice of your like higher intuition, a voice of inner guidance that is actually leading you into a realm of possibility of living life above the line of seeing and looking above the line. I know that I have a choice in, mo in each and every moment from the time I wake up to the time I go to sleep. I've got the voice, the narrative, the commentary going on in my head, the commentary going on about everything. Often it's the judge, the jury, the executioner. It's either focused on yourself. You're judging yourself. You're, you're the judge. You're the jury. You've got a whole you know, jury of people in there judging you. You've got the executioner in there that's cutting off, executing, killing off your dreams, your wants, your visions, your self-worth. One of the things to get to is distinguishing this voice, the voice of conscience, and then this voice of doubt, this little demon of doubt in your head. So your ability to conquer this voice, first step, is to just get present and see it and realize, well, firstly, I'm not that voice. I'm not those thoughts. And as you come into your body and you get present, there's another kind of voice that, again, the voice of conscience that comes from a different place. It's, it's, it's from a different source. It's from your creator, God, whatever that is for you. But there's two voices and the one you listen to is the one that dictates how things turn out for you. So to be able to distinguish the voice that is coming from an empowering place, a place, a realm of possibility, the realm of being able to see what's true and what's not true. Here's another part of all this is overcoming self-hatred. I know in myself, I got to a point, I was in my early 20s where I started meditating, getting still, and realizing I had all this just stuff down, anger, hatred, rage. I didn't know I had it up to that point. I really thought, I don't have any anger. I'm a yoga person. I, I'm like spiritual. I don't have any anger. What are you talking about, people? Or I had to actually get still and quiet enough and realize, wait, what's actually going on with me? And what I saw is I had all this self-hatred. And I was like, wow. But all this self-hatred actually was first covered up by some blame I had toward my parents, toward my father, toward my mother. And blame I had that was in myself that was being put out onto others. It was being projected out. But when I got quiet enough, I actually saw that, no, this is actually self-hatred. Uh, in my victimness and that self-hatred, the default was just to blame and put all the responsibility out on others. What I saw is I had to forgive myself. You know, regret is when we resent and have hatred toward ourselves. We typically have regrets there, things we didn't do and maybe should have done or things we did do. We do things to ourselves harmful things to ourselves. I know for myself, I was, you know, taking drugs, I was smoking pot, I was drinking to excess, I was, you know, skipping out on school when I was younger and just running with other kids that were in the same situation I was and we were out just school wasn't working for us, education system was failing us, like didn't didn't 
grab our attention or hold it at all. And I ended up just angry. The self-hatred undercut my confidence. So I really didn't have any confidence. I mean, I walked around like I was confident, but really I had no confidence. And it was the self-hatred that I had to see. And then I had to forgive myself. Forgiveness is when you give up your right to judge yourself. In this case, if it's forgiving yourself, you're giving up your right to judge yourself forever. If you're forgiving another person, you could say true forgiveness is you're forfeiting your right to come from judgment again. It isn't to say you don't, won't have issues with that person or issues with yourself, but to be able to forgive and drop it and move forward and then deal with the next failure or the next angry moment or bitter moment or resentful moment. But forgiveness, the letting go, is an opportunity to clean the slate. And this is what I've learned through doing this, is that it actually cleared my head. So a lot of that negative voice, that voice of doubt in my head, was being fueled by all this buried self-hatred I had. And it was fueling this voice. And then the voice would tell me, oh, it's their fault, or it's my dad's fault, or it's the school teacher's fault. What was at the source was... I had harmed myself. Consider hating yourself is, is another level of perpetrating on yourself, like a self-perpetration. So forgiveness is an act of love. When you clear up that voice in your head, what you start to see is you then can clear up other people in your life. Like when I was angry, I started to wake up to, well, I have other angry, complainy, victim-y people around me. But as I kind of let that self-hatred go and started forgiving and letting go of judgment, suddenly I wasn't compatible with some of those old friends and old people. So it actually, by default, started clearing up some of the people from my life and my past that were still holding me back to old ways of being, old ways of sabotaging myself, old ways of living that were not getting me the results I wanted. The fourth quality is the ability to return back to yourself. In so many points in my life, I've found myself feeling lost. Like, actually, I haven't found myself. I've lost myself. Then to find the way back to myself becomes the focus. And the question, like, how do I get back to myself, just being myself? Maybe I've been like living in certain ways or showing up in certain relationships or certain environments, you know, putting on a mask. The first step is like, wait, stop. You're going down the wrong way. You've been down the same path before or you just sense it's the wrong path. It's not in line with who you are. It's not in line with my values. It's not in line with my priorities. It's not in line with my authentic vision that I have for my, my, my essential self, and then to come full circle. And part of the way that I've found to come back to myself is by the way of the truth, to tell the truth about where I'm not being real. Admit to yourself, to you know, tell one on yourself. You have to get to the truth for yourself and be honest, rigorously honest with yourself. So the way back 
is through the lies, distinguishing the lies, distinguishing untruths with the truth, telling the truth. One area where I got better at calling myself out was like with my kids. My sons would be talking to me and I'd be distracted. I'd be thinking about something else, not really listening. And then they would call me out to say, dad, you're not listening. I'd get defensive. Like, yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. And then like, well, wait, what did we say then? And, and then I couldn't really repeat it back. And it dawned on me that right there I was pretending to be or do something that I wasn't actually doing and who I wasn't being. And it's like I had to see the defensiveness right there, like so automatic. So the first thing I had to realize and see was my automatic like default reaction of being defensive. And once I started to see like, wow, I've got this automatic defensiveness. It's just like right there. I saw it with my kids. I could see it with people I worked with. I could see it in the conversations in my own head. And I, I started practicing that, like with my kids. I was like, hey, you know what? You're right. They're like, dad, you're not listening. Hey, you're right. I'm not, I'm not listening. You're right. Now, you say it again, I'm totally here and listening. Like right there, acknowledging that truth to myself was essential to then be able to acknowledge the truth to them. And then I was free in that. And there was connection. There was freedom to be and to be present. Another kind of thing uh, for me, it was like when I'd start having, you know, problems in life or difficulties, I could see my, my default was to go to food or to drink. I didn't have a drinking problem, but when I had problems or bigger problems, I would want to drink. Or when I had problems or bigger problems, I'd want to just default to food, comfort food. I had to get flat with myself, honest with myself. I'm like, wait, I'm using alcohol, I'm using food to mask something to medicate myself. I had to see that I'm actually avoiding feeling and experiencing what's actually going on right here that's uncomfortable. I have some uncomfortable feelings that I need to actually get present to. If I want to deal with the cause, not just the symptoms like, oh, alcohol is the problem or food's the problem or it could be shopping's the problem or whatever the issue is for you, I know for me to get to the cause, and it's typically in this some kind of pain. If we look in culture and the epidemic of addiction, drug overdose, it's people medicating pain. The more you keep medicating pain, uh, I know in my own life, if I'm not willing to experience what's actually going on with me, I'm not dealing with reality, and I'm not dealing with the very thing, the issues, the emotions, the painful things in my life, if I can confront them, be truthful about them, then I can have them rather than them having me and taking me down a black hole. The fifth quality of leading yourself is to be clear about and connected to your source of strength. That this fifth quality is having the connection to your source of strength, something greater than yourself, something greater than the creature. 
something greater than just your mind, your ability to think or limited thinking, my ability to just think or my outlook. There's something much greater. For me, it's my God as my creator, something greater than myself as my source of strength. It speaks to me through my conscience and inner knowing. What I need to do that I know is stay consistent. So when I sit and meditate and I get still, it, it allows me to get connected to my conscience and living in congruence with my conscience, with my inner knowing. A part of my source of strength is my calling in life. My calling, what's calling me, what's pulling me forward. My calling is people experience something greater than themselves. And I'm one of those people that in life and in my life and living my life, that I'm, I'm experiencing something greater than myself and I have some kind of awe, some kind of pull, something, the, a vision that's greater than myself but it's lined up to my source and it becomes my source of strength. And then I can take care of the creature. I can meditate. I can do yoga practice. I can eat the right foods, get the right kind of sleep, right kind of nutrition, right actions each and every day that take care of the creature and that consciously I'm creating from a greater source of strength. I'm taking care of the creature, doing things for my mind, what I'm putting into my mind, what I'm feeding my mind, also my ability to clear my mind, to clear stuff out and out of the way. So when I'm dealing with a problem, I can convert that problem into opportunity. I can convert any problem into fuel for possibility, for new creating but I need to keep attuning my mind, my body, my being in such a way that I'm lining up to my creator, my source of strength, my vision, my calling in life. If I feel like I've lost that source of strength, I've gone awry, I've stopped doing the hard things or the things I know I should do that I don't want to do, and I give into that voice of doubt in my mind, I know when I quit in that way, it has repercussions, and I, it takes me further away from my source of strength, and the creature suddenly starts weakening and softening, and then the level of creating in the world starts to deteriorate or diminish, and there's impact, and there's impact on me, my life, and what I'm up to. There's also impact on the people around me and the world at large. The thing here is don't quit, and whenever you quit, just get yourself right back up again. Comment below and let me know what you're going to be doing. One thing that you're going to take on and do. Please subscribe if you're not. Turn on the notifications. I look forward to being with you again.